So I'm just going to read one thing. About, I'm going to read a couple of things that I like. So here it goes. When the people of the world hear it said that the Buddhas transmit the doctrine of the mind, yeah, transmit or teach, actually transmits a better word. Yeah. Because basically it's an, I don't know what it is, but it isn't, uh, it's really not a teaching or a learning. It's more of a transmission. And it's not coming from one to another. There's, a, there's like a, a giant unknown radio station that one receiver is picking up and then transmitting it to the other receivers. But it's not the receiver that's transmitting it. Yeah? It's just facilitating the message in a way. So, it is said that the Buddhas transmit the doctrine of the mind. They suppose that there is something to be attained or realized. Yeah? Now, why is it that when we hear about something, that it immediately gets cast into the, form, the formula of something to be attained or realized. In other words, there's something that you have to do about what you just heard. Yeah. So let's say if you think it's a very noble thing you just heard, like, wow, the truth, or eternal love, or you know, enlightenment. Yes, sounds great, but what happens if it's cast that you have to do it or realize it? What happens if your judgment is that you're not doing it or realizing it? That idea of enlightenment can become another rock you're carrying, yes? That idea of enlightenment can be another form of imprisonment because of how it's held, yeah? It's held, oh, I hear this message, and then what do I do? Yeah? There was like a, a, a teacher that I read, and a lot of the books that they put out, they're not really written, they're transcribed, right? There's these teachers are sharing the meetings, and in the sharing, they transcribe it. So this one, the guy talks, and it's about four pages, and he's talking about not being the personal doer. Yeah, that there's no, like Lord Buddha supposedly said, events happen, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah. So he was really expounding on it really beautifully, and then it stopped, and then the next paragraph was like a student or someone that was there, and the person raised a hand and said, all right, I, I know what you're saying, now what do I do? Yeah? I mean, this is what it's like. When the system that's hearing it or claiming to be the hearer of it, yeah, the only way it can be thought about is by the definition of the system. So if selfing or self-centeredness hears a message, it immediately casts it into something that either I have to attain or do something or realize. That's the mistake in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's like the fundamental mistake. It's not... It's not, you didn't hear the message, you heard the message, but what happened, there was an interpretation of the message based on how you function here. And if you're in the sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, or self, like in recovery, if you're in that, that's just a, a, a mental construct. So when it hears the message, it interprets it so the mental construct can understand it. So it's like, hey, you're already that. Okay, how can I become that? Yeah. Or, like, you're a lion. Oh, okay, how can I become a lion? Oh, I know the message is you're a lion. Okay, I get that. But how can I become the lion? Yeah. Yeah? So it's like, you're the lion, and then you hear it. You're the lion, you're the lion, you're the lion, you're the lion, you're the lion. Yeah, I really like this. You're the lion. Oh, I love it. You're the lion. And then it hits, and then it's, uh, how can I become the lion? That's the fundamental flaw. It's a little bit of a difference, but it's a difference between heaven and earth, in a sense, yeah? So, when he says something like that, they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind. 
Why do they suppose that? It's not just a ran- random act. It's the format of the mind that's that's causing it not to recognize mind. Yeah. We're sort of like in AA, self can't get out of self. So no matter how much knowledge self gets about self, it's not leading it out of quote-unquote self. Yeah? It, it, like it says in recovery, uh, self-knowledge will avail you nothing. Well, jeez. What's the point? I thought knowledge is pretty valuable. Knowledge is valuable if held in a certain way. If it's held in self-centeredness, it can be not valuable. It's sort of like becoming a, a professor of holes, but you keep falling falling into them. What's the point of all that knowledge about holes? I would think it was the point would be to keep you out of the holes. Yeah. I mean, there's no other reason why you'd want to study holes. Yeah, for unless it unless it sort of increased your ability to stay out of them, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, so they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind. In other words, the mind that's hearing the message is it. The mind right now that hears the message—that's it. That's the message—is that mind. Like in Buddhism, they also throw this around, the enlightened mind and the ordinary mind are the same mind. Exactly. So there's no ordinary mind that's going to become an enlightened mind, and there's no enlightened mind that was once an ordinary mind. Yeah? There are possibilities of mind. Yeah? Enlightenment is a possibility. Ordinariness is what you would call ordinariness. What is that? I don't know. Let's say it's uh, the self-construct of self-centeredness. Yeah? So all of that is just possibilities of mind, yeah? But when you attempt to use mind to find mind, it's like a... It's the greatest way to hide it. So then, like they say, a lot of uh, statements would be like the open secret. The truth is the open secret. What the hell is this? How could a secret be a secret if it's open? You know? Exactly. It's not a secret. Or the gateless gate. So if there's no gate on the gate... There can't be a toll booth. <laughs> yeah, there's no way to impede you from entering because there's no gate. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's no need for a toll booth. So no arm has to go up. You don't have to do anything like pay a toll to get through. There's no gate. It's a gateless gate. Yeah, this is what, the, in a sense, I don't know how you can call it the truth, because that makes it something too, but let's just use that word. That's what the truth is like. It's already so. Yeah? And there's no way that you are so enough to know it. <laughs> yeah? the, the knowledge is you're not so. That's the truth. <laughs> the thing that's trying to figure it out ain't you. Yeah? It doesn't have any reality. It only appears to be real. Yeah? But it doesn't have any reality. So you are never going to know the truth. Like uh, the truth's an object and you're a subject. And you're going to do this dance and get closer to it. And then if you think you did something to pull you away from truth, you'll have the experience of being pulled away from truth. Yeah. And what's all this movement to this noble object called the truth? It's just playing God, isn't it? It's just mind playing God. Telling you how close and far you are. All right, if you do this and this and this, you'll have one minute of the divine, you know, like the, the sunlight of the spirit. If you don't do this and this and this, nope, the curtain's down. That's playing God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, I don't know how you can construe it in your way. In my experience in recovery, the playing that statement of playing God is like the 
is the unspoken step. It precedes the biggest concept of AA, which is surrender, the, the third step. It says first, you got to quit playing God. Why? It doesn't work. Then next, we're going to, in this realm of life, God's going to be the director and we're going to be its, its whatever, its servant or whatever. So without the first, there won't be a next. You have to get, the, in a sense, the first to really, really allow the next to become obvious and apparent, yeah? Because why? If the mind is still playing God and you're identified with that, then you'll be playing God about God. And you'll be the bigger God, yeah? And then you'll have an understanding of God instead of realizing, instead of finding out about God from its own understanding, you'll already know God by your understanding. That's like neutering this possibility of freedom now. Yeah? Because you give it a meaning. You give God a meaning that's subservient to you as the biggest meaning. Because it's going to be up to you to know God. I would think if God was the big dog in town, that big dog would actually intrude on the little dog's world and tell them, hey, I'm the big dog. Yeah? So I would say our head's playing the big dog role and we're making God a little dog. Even though we may have great ideas, but what what are we asking for? A parking space, or a meeting, or a date? You know, you know. <laughs> it's sort of like it's like a servant. It's like a sub god to our larger god. Please, God, serve me. Serve me. Get a job. Get me a job. Serve me. I need a date this weekend. Wow, God's really working in my life. I got a parking space right in front of the meeting. Wow, you know, to me this is like crazy. So. <laughs> So mind, so here, and you know the word Dharma they use means like, it has a lot of meanings, but let's say Dharma is like the way, yeah, the way to live, you know, like in Taoism, the way. So, it says, okay, they suppose that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind, and thereupon they use mind to seek the Dharma, not knowing that mind and the object of this search are one. So the truth may be the object of your search, and who or what seeking it is one. Yeah? The truth isn't one, and you're not one making two. The truth and what is seeking is the same. It's one. Yeah? So what would happen if that was entertained? You'd maybe stop looking, which is a like a... a, like a a distorted sense of seeing. Let's say seeing is like wide open lens, yeah? More dispersed. You're seeing, you're sensing space and like that, yeah? Looking is when that's, that sort of feeling or sense of that space contracts. Not the space itself, but the feeling, you know, contracts into a form of looking called self-centeredness, yeah? And we've been living, in a, in a sense, in that tunnel of self-centeredness. Which causes a great, for some of us, a great desire to get what we we believe would be the relief if the openness was there. Yeah, if only I was open and available and you know large, then all this claustrophobic effects and all this feeling of uh, of uh, aloneness and uh, isolation would diminish, which it probably would. But the fact is, when you look from the tunnel vision, yeah to try to see the space, you're still in the lens of the telescope. You're only going to see a few stars, yeah? Because your lens ain't open. And so, if this is what's looking, 
for that, yeah, it's never going to see that as a that because it's that, yeah. If and when I, when I'm, my mind's not defined by this self-centered tunnel vision, what happens? Does it take any time to feel the spaciousness of the moment? No. <clears throat> it's like that. Why is it so quick? Because it didn't come from anywhere. It didn't have to be nurtured or cultivated. Come on. Come on, President. Come on, it's safe now. I've given up the smallness. No, it's sort of like, it doesn't even feel, it may feel like it rushed in, but it's past, it's prior to rushing in. It was always so. You know what I mean? Your head just came out of your ass, and you, that pop, and then you're in the space. Because you never left the space. Now, if you want to keep sticking your ass up the, <laughs> your head up the ass, yeah? If that's what you're, you know, it's like that turtle constantly contracting into its shell, this little self-centered shell, you know? Please protect me from love and all this stuff. Yet, yearning for love and all this, you know? If that's what it wants to do, in and out, in and out, yes? So on, it's like a pantomime. It's like someone doing all these movements and watching the reflections, not realizing the light is allowing all those movements to cast a reflection. The light is what we are. That light that's undisturbed, shining completely, in and of itself, is what we are. At least entertain the possibility. You're not that. You're not the little doggy and all these little things you're making, your mind's making up. I don't even care if you know the light. I just want to know what I'm not. If there's, a knowledge, if there's an acknowledgement of what I'm not, then exa- immediately there's a sense of being what you are, which is not a solitary individual seer, but seeing. Yeah? Not someone who's aware, but awareness. Yeah? Not someone who's more conscious than he was a couple of years ago. No, but just the state of consciousness in and of itself. Yeah? Now, what happens if what has become a goal to us is now taken away from that system of doing and having, yes? If the goal is seen to be a ridiculous thing because what's seeking the goal isn't true, you know, what happens? The system starts collapsing. It loses its juice because your interest and attention gets removed from it. Because why? I found very simply it's not about you. Just like when I do the talks in uh, dry dock. Yeah. And let's say there was another meeting across the way. Maybe I've been looking at this woman for a few weeks and I'd like to go out with her and my mind's already, you know, picturing me married to her and everything like that, you know. Not the divorce later, but the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm off dreaming this situation and I watch her walk in and I was going to the other meeting. So my attention, I'm thinking, she means a lot to my head. I'm thinking about her, even though I'm not seeing her, she's in the other room. I'm, I'm supposed to be doing that talk, but my attention is trying to listen to what she, if she says anything in the other meeting. Now, of course, I'm, I'm hoping she's going to say something about me. So like, hey, I like that guy. So that would give me the in. There's no way I want to face any type of possibility of being rejected. No fucking way, you know. I'm totally working to save my face all day, you know. <laughs> so I'm listening intently, and people go, hey, Paul, you're supposed to be doing this thing. I go, I don't understand that. You know, and I'm trying my best, but my attention is in the other room. 
And then someone comes up and throws a book on the table. How to lose interest in a conversation in another room. I page through it, read the chapter headings, but you know, it doesn't freaking help me. I've had about eight of those books similar. You know what I mean? It doesn't work. And my attention keeps going there. And then finally I hear a voice, you know, he really into it. It's amazing how focused your attention can get. Isn't it? When you hear someone's voice in another room and you're thinking they're talking about you. Yeah, yeah. Mine's pretty powerful. So there I am, and so I'm here, and then she says, Hey, I really like that guy, Matt. My name's Paul. As soon as I hear it's about Matt, what happens? I don't have to take three months of retreats to lose interest in that conversation. It's not about me. My mind immediately drops that object, and where does my attention go? Right where it's been. But now it's aware of where it is. It's now paying attention to here and saying paying attention to that object with all of its futuristic ideas I have on it. Yes, this is called fucking obsession with sound. That's all it is. All day running after things to obsess over. But everything it obsesses over, there's one prior obsession, which is you combined with everything else. Every girl you've obsessed over, they may have all been different, but there's been one you. that you, re- And that's the real root of the obsession. It isn't the women or the cars or the money or the drugs. It's the you. It's the me, actually. Yeah. You don't see you as a you. Deb sees this as a you. You see this as a you. Everyone in this room sees this as a you. But I don't see this as a you. I see it as me. <laughs> it's a huge difference. There's only one me in this world. <laughs> One me. There's only one. I mean, this this demands attention. There's only one of me. I'm, I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to this. And I'm incredibly interested. <laughs> Even though if it was seen to be you sharing talks, having the same thoughts, I'd be bored as hell. <laughs> as soon as you start talking about yourself in the future, I'd, let's go. I got some laundry to do. I have absolutely no interest to give that. None! But this, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> how am I going to spend Saturday just dreaming of me? <laughs> dreaming of me with you, that car, money, surfing. But me, they're all mirrors reflecting the wonderfulness of me. I like the dark mirror, you know, how bad I am and guilty. Yeah, that's a good, I get a good reflection there. I like to stay on to that a long time. No, but then I turn here, a nice little bit of approval, only to go back to the dark mirror. Now they don't realize well, you're a fraud. And all this, and it's just, all you do is, the mind is just absorbed in its own fucking image. All day. Yeah, it's just like a, and it's boring as hell, except to you, or except to me, when it's that me. Yeah. <laughs> it is boring as hell to me, this you, I mean. I can't, you see, it's difficult to get the word right. Because this is a you, everyone here, you're never going to have a different experience of this than a you. You may be finally liking this you, you may think he's an asshole, but it's always going to be framed as a you. Different than that. And if you get 20 people, 800 people, 8,000 people, they have the same thing. Their experiences, they're seeing a you. Same thing, I'm seeing all these you's. What happens? From this view position, the mind takes it to be me. From this view's position, the mind takes it to be me. Yeah? Now, if you have four billion people on the planet, they're still, all of them are conscious, yeah? Eight billion, all of them are conscious. 
8,000, all of them are conscious. We're in a field of consciousness in a sense, yeah? Something appears, like almost a camera tripod, and then that consciousness facilitates an experience through this apparatus. But the apparatus isn't producing the consciousness. It facilitates the consciousness to manifest, yeah? It can be 20 billion. This, this place could have 800 billion people, yeah? And there'll still be enough consciousness for all of them to wake up and be conscious every day while they're obsessing with themselves, yeah? It doesn't, it's never going to be overloaded. It's just an infinite field, yeah? Yet to have this, this, this thing that facilitates consciousness take itself to be what's conscious is like a, uh, it's like, it's like, you know, let's say Monopoly has 58 moves, but in fact it has 59 moves, and you've never seen the first move. The first move is that you're the boot. You don't realize it. Then the whole game is how to get the boot to boardwalk and stay out of Baltic place, whatever. But in fact, the mistake was right at that point where there was becoming the boot. Because the boot is never going to leave the Monopoly board. Yeah? The boot has no relevance in any other game. You can't put it in risk. You can't put it in other games. The boot and monopoly. Yes? Yes, yes. Now, you're going to appear as a boot, but to be a boot sucks. Yeah, as we know. Because you'll just, it's incredible to be obsessed over a boot. I mean, how many different souls can you think about? <laughs> How many, you know, you know, how many laces can you try? <laughs> how many different ways of polishing the boot? It gets boring as hell, yes. But to see that you're not that, then, but the game continues, you may travel lighter over the game board. And what more do you freaking want here? You know, what more do you want? You think you may want love or spirituality or enlightenment, but I'll tell you, if you felt an ease and comfort right now in your own skin, you wouldn't probably have any big drive for any of that. Because what you really want is an ease and comfort. You like to feel a sense of satisfaction, not based on circumstances and situations. Yeah? Not, thing, not things that come and go based on me or you, but are a possibility by my mind entertaining. Yeah? And I feel, in a sense, I fell upon something. You know? I didn't, thank God. But something accessed and that's what I share. When I look at people, you know, some of the biggest suffering I see is spiritual suffering in a way. When people have an idea about awakening, they've made nothing into something, and just like you just said there, it immediately gets thrown into there's something to be attained or realized. Yeah? Instead of just receiving the invitation and letting the mind itself sort of not the conditional mind, claim it, you know, but the mind itself, like, uh, digest it and entertain it and dance with it. And you may see the, the spontaneity or the immediacy of the solution. The immediacy of the solution takes no time. Yeah? It's a timeless solution. In other words, when it downloads, it wasn't uh, preceded, doesn't necessarily have to be preceded by any specific thing you did or didn't do. It just does. Yeah. So, mind cannot be used to seek something from mind. For then, after the passing of millions of eons, the day of success will still not have dawned. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you know how much hope we produce, don't you? We produce tons of hope with no evidence <laughs> to support it. <laughs> this idea of progress and everything like that. These are just justifications of the failed system of selfing. Look at the system of selfing. Just look at it like a like a, a delivery company. If there was a delivery company, let's say delivered pizzas, yeah? Every time you ordered a pizza, they delivered it on time, right? Exactly the way it was supposed to look like. Do you think that delivery system would need excuses, rationale, and blame? They deliver the goods. They don't have to find an excuse why they didn't deliver the goods because they haven't misdelivered the goods, right? They wouldn't have to rationalize why they didn't deliver the goods, and they wouldn't have to blame others from stopping them from delivering the goods. Only a failed system has those elements, yeah? And isn't most of the yapping in our head about justifications, blaming, excusing? Yeah? What is that? That's the exhaust of a failed system. That's the fucking pollution of the failed system trying to process this place. It's not a good processor, yeah? When light comes in and goes out seemingly with this gatekeeper, this me, it, it produces a lot of pollution. And that pollution either goes out into the space it's filling, or it's used to uh, blame others. You try to dump your guilt on other people. You try to dump, dump your seeming failings on other people. You try to blame other people for where you think you are. These are just like almost like uh, cries of help from a failed system. Yeah, it's polluting like crazy, yeah, isn't it? Sometimes the, the toxicity of a certain, if you're your own toxicity, because you just you can't process. Yeah, we're not processing well here. Why is that? Because life is diffused and chaotic and mysterious, and we're trying to put it into like cookie cutter ideas. You know, this therefore that. It's black or white. It doesn't freaking work. Yeah, and if the thing is, we want to keep fitting out. We want to keep fitting life around us instead of fitting us around life. Yeah, just to to surrender, to realize I'm incapable of dealing with this place. That was my solution in recovery. Yeah, I to when I hear people share things about oh my daughter has to go back east to stay with her husband, her father for three months, and I'm just going to have to manage that. I, how can you do that? four-year-old girl, you love her, crazy, now you're going to be separate from her for three months? No, the solution in me is I can't manage that. That's freaking way too much. Why is it that no matter how bad the effects of the processing uh, reveal themselves, the processing continues. We still live life from the point of view of being the doer and the haver, yeah? And the mover and the shaker and the alpha and the maker, yet with tons of evidence to the contrary that we're not managerial quality. Yet it just is persistent because there's a narcissism, there's a love of that idea of being me. The mind is infatuated with its little making. Yeah? That's why it says in Buddhism, cherishing the self. It's a very good word to use. Yeah, It's not saying the self is imposing its will on you. It's basically saying your mind is cherishing it. <laughs> it's loving it. It's loving it. It's loving the bondage. It's loving everything about it. Yeah. So let's get it clear. It's not like, oh, I'd love to get this off you. You're the glue. You're what's holding it in place. Yeah. 
It's your interest and attention that's keeping it so so bound, so glued on you all day. It's not something that's real and solid out there that's flying around trying to land on you. Oh! Oh, and just cover you and you're like sticky all day. No, you're the gravitational pull. It's your interest and attention that beckons the system into life and then feeds it with your energy. Feeds it constantly. Is it going to stop if, if, if its fuel source is never removed? Of course not. It's like a, it's like the snake's nature. No matter how nice you are to the snake, it's going to inevitably bite you. And then you go, why did you do that, Mr. Snake? Hey, I'm a snake. Yeah. What are you going to do with a parasite or some mental process that has a parasitical tendency? You, do you think that it's going to suck you to a point where it's enough? And it's, okay, thank you. Thank you, old host. I'm going to leave now. It has no existence other than the one it's sucking. Yeah? It can't leave the host. The parasite's not going to have a transformation and become unparasitical. Yeah? If you give it interest and attention, it will come. (laughs) And it won't go. (laughs) And you'll be caught up in its seeming comings and goings. Oh, it's gotten a little better. I'm having a great day. I'm having a great Saturday at 10 in the morning. By 1. Oh, this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> Nothing happened. The sun didn't get eclipsed. It wasn't an earthquake. You just thought a lot. <laughs> the system was thinking. Your attention was listening. And you were getting fucked. <laughs> it's not one of those quickies either. A lot of foreplay. <laughs> oh yeah. Should I? Should I not? No, I shouldn't. <laughs> Someone's having a better strategy than me. Fuck! I think that parka looks pretty good. Oh, it's disturbing me. <laughs> Whatever. Go on and on and on. It's a lot nauseum. There's relief, but not for it. You're not going to get relief for it. You're not going to get relief as it. You're going to get relief from it. Freaking from it. Yeah? And what's that relief? Is your interest and attention will leave it. It doesn't have to get vanquished. Yeah? It doesn't have to be pinned. It doesn't have to be killed. It's not like a vampire. You don't have to get a, a very gold, you know, traditional gold cross and stick it in its heart. You just lose interest in it. <laughs> Seriously, it just gets as boring as it would be if Michael came over and talked about his anguish about what's not happening. It gets as boring as that. (laughs) Seriously, it gets as boring as that, that quickly. And then, then you see your interest and attention, instead of enslaved to that, starts enriching your life. It's that simple. And you'll get a sense of it by its fruits. You're never going to see it. That's not our position. But you can you can sense the scene that you are, for sure. Because it's an activity here. It's manifesting. It's not dormant and laying somewhere in the void. Yeah, Seeing is manifesting. And through its manifestations, there can be a sense of it. Yeah, There's an intimation of it. You get a sense of presence. You may not have the eyes to see no-thingness, but you start sensing it. It's not always visual seeing, you know? It's seeing, it's awareness. And you can become aware, or not you, but the awareness picks up nothingness. Yeah? That's of its nature, really. That's of its home. Yeah? So while you have enough to deal with all the things in your life, 
Yeah, you also have because there's plenty of attention, tons of it. You don't have a certain quantity of attention. Yeah, that you. Oh, I spent too much attention today. I don't know. <laughs> I better put on some sitcoms for a couple hours and uh, regroup. <laughs> you have tons of attention. Yeah, it's just what it's put in. And here, interest and attention put into things produce effects. Just like faith, all of us have faith. I would say faith is a form of attention in a way. Faith, we all have faith, but faith is, an, is like a potential, and it manifests by the vehicle you put it in. So if you have faith in this thought, thought system, you're going to have a large product of anxiety all day. It's going to produce anxiety because this thought system dwells in this idea of time. And it's going to be wondering, what's going to be happening to me later? And there's no way it's not going to go down that trail. Yeah? If it has this belief, if there's an identification as a self, you're in a time frame. Yeah? And the mind's going to travel in time through thought, and it's going to fixate on you somewhere else at some other time. And it's going to produce a lot of what? Agitation and anxiety, because it wants to control, but it's very difficult to control the future. So its control kicks up, but it can't do anything, so it's agitated. Yeah? And it produces anxiety about, I can't, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to have cancer next in a year. Yeah? And why does that, how can that possibility of having cancer seem so real? It's faith. It's not the idea. Tons of people have that idea and it has no effect on them during the day. It's the faith of the mind that's having that idea. Yeah? The faith going, hey, I'm going to have cancer. Then what happens? You feel as if you have it now. But not how it may have felt or feel when you have it, but how you think it would be like when you have it. So it produces a world or a life, a total mental life. Yeah? A total mental life. And the idea of finding out is totally gone, and now you just know. I know what it's going to be like. I know what it'd be like to have cancer. No, you freaking don't. You know, my friend went through it, and she found out. Yeah? Very different than knowing. Yeah? So this is the way, and like Zen, one of the highest forms of mind is I don't know. Yeah? In that I don't know, you're put in a position of finding out. It's a, quite, it's a nice way to live, because when you find something out, it's very convincing. Yeah? Like when you find out that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success, it's much more convincing than to know that by reading about it. But to really find out, then that finding out is like an unspoken yes. Yeah, And then your mind can move from that topic, it's out of that seeming classroom, and it expands its education. Yes, Because it gets it. It gets it. It understands it. I got it. I got that any life on self will is not going to be successful. I got that self is what has defeated me. That's that. I'm clear about that. So every time you see the selfing pop up with credibility, you've already eroded its credibility because you realize you're not that. Yeah? It keeps trying to pop up, but you see it fizzles unless your attention attaches to it. Once your attention attaches to it, it's like a bolster rocket on that rocket. All, the t- all selfing does is go like that because it can't become a self. All selfing, all yapping about you, trying to not be what you are or to be something else, is never, fu- never fulfills. That desire never gets fulfilled. You never become a self. Yeah. But what gives it all this incredible trajectory is attention and interest. If your interest and attention is not there, the rocket is just boom, 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 
And after about 20 failed missions, the whole, you know, the NASA is, the whole program is shut down. It's like, forget it. There's no more time travel. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. We're here. That's okay. We're here. And then you get, hey, why would I, why was I trying to get to be here so much when I can't be out of here? <laughs> why am I spending so much time and effort to try to get into the moment when I can't be out of the moment? Yeah. Why am I trying to get out of something I can't be in self? Isn't trying to get out of self a form of being in self? You better believe it is. Go to meetings where the big topic... There's more talking about self in programs that are about getting out of self than anywhere else. Everyone's totally yapping about self all day, trying to get out of it. You don't see it? You don't see that what we're calling getting out of it is actually the opposite of the little... We're looking at the right wing of the butterfly. It's the left wing. You know? You know? Being, trying to get out of it is being in it. You can't be it, but you can feel the, You feel like you're in it. Yeah? That feeling is construed by trying to get out of it. It's so damn important that I want to get out of it. Yeah? Self has so much power that the, drive, the biggest drive I have is wanting to get out of it. It doesn't have that power. Yeah? You're not going to feel super great by its absence. You're not going to be there when it gets good. Literally. You're not going to be there when you get it. <laughs> I would be so great if there was no self. Not to you. <laughs> Jesus, I was, I was willing to wait a long time so I'd be there to get it. I swear to God, I was not giving up the idea of me being there when it gets really good. <laughs> I was, I'm going to hold out for a whole life, man. I don't care what I have to go through. I'm going to be there when it gets good. <laughs> if, something, if something was going to work, why hasn't it? Yeah. How much more time are you going to give it? <laughs> really? How many more formulas are you going to buy? It's like having a subscription of bad formulas. Every month they send you a new one. Okay, if I just get this and go there, okay, I'll <laughs> Then you're eagerly waiting for the November formula. Okay. And then the December formula, and years go by and by and by and by and by. <laughs> and your life has been just totally filled with formulas of how to get into life. When life has just been passing by. Yeah. It's like that old story, the bus comes and opens the door, and you're sitting there, and you have an idea when the bus is supposed to come, and the sign, and this sign doesn't have, doesn't have it, and the bus, uh, it wasn't the right time, and the bus opens the door, and the guy goes, come on in, and he goes, and there's a hesitation, because it's not the way you thought, and he goes, and you go, oh, I really want, I'm longing to be awake, come on in! Uh, but this isn't. It should, I think I got to do more more work. Come on in. You know, it's your resistance. It's your freaking idea you're holding on to. Life isn't putting any requirements on anything. Mine is mine. No matter how crazy it seems to be, no matter how blissful it seems to be, it's mine. Everything arises in it, and you and I must be a, at least in the proximity of everywhere. We're not that special to be in the special somewhere, are we? 
we're not the one exception to the rule. I think I am. <laughs> you don't know what I did last night. <laughs> I must. I, I, I got to wait at least five years after what I did last night. I mean, I'm sure. going to be in my little purgatory, my little limbo. Yeah, that's playing God, isn't it? Playing God. Where can mind play God? The selfing, only in the self realm, only in self centeredness. Yeah, its realm is time. Yes, its realm is things. Its its realm is appearances are taking to be so. Its realm is false evidence appears real. That's its realm. That's where it thrives. That's where it can appear to be solid in something. Yeah. Once you drop into, well, it's not even dropping. When when your attention's free from all that and it just becomes aware of this moment, this is the total the total solution to what's not happening. Yeah, because it has a quality that's different than what's not happening. It's actually happening. This is actually happening. So yes. So the homework this week is nothing. (laughs) Sit in your head, let it cook, see what happens. Yeah. Let's see. Let's say a thought comes up. Let's just say a thought comes up. Yes. What facilitates that thought being known? What facilitates the thought being known? How is that thought recognized? Something became, there was a consciousness of it, yes? Everything here that happens is preceded by what sees it, yes? Without the seeing of it, would it happen? So every thought that arises is being seen, yeah? Every thought that's been, that has, has become aware of arising has been seen. Every feeling that has been felt was seen. Yeah? Everything is preceded by seeing. You can, if you try to go back as far as you can go back, you're not going to go, I don't believe you're going to go back any farther than the seeing. Yeah? And there's no divine seer behind that. There's just seeing. Yeah? So you can hear people describe like a depression, let's say, or being uh, suffering. And the description of the suffering is so exquisite because of the clarity of the mind. The mind is so clear that it can describe confusion perfectly. Yes? Now, if you were the confusion, you would be very confused about that. You're not. The seeing can be super clear about the confusion. You don't... What you are is demonstrated and available every moment of every day of your life. Because it's what's bringing this whole situation into the light. Which is the light, not you. Yeah. Every moment that you have a re- real deep reflection of you, it's seeing that brings that. Every moment that you seem to be, you come to the conclusion, I was really out of it today. What was there all the day you were out of it? Seeing. Yeah. This is a false continuum. It's made up. The seeing is constancy. 
The seeing is always available at all times. The seeing is all there is. Without the seeing, nothing else would be seen. And to say that you're the seer is a form of looking called self-centeredness. It's just a bastardized version of seeing. It's seeing being interpreted by a mental process into a form of looking. And then while you're busy looking at the most same minutiae of your day, I mean, so much scalpel-like quality going over what you should have said that moment, or <laughs> how you looked that night, or your pants, your hem was a little too short, or whatever, or, oh, my zipper was down, whatever it was, going over and scalpeling and scalpeling and scalpeling, you know? Can you imagine if that, if that form of looking, if you could question the center of it, which is self, and maybe entertain I'm not that, that form of looking would take no time to open up because it's already open. It only appears to be closed, yeah? That mind that was in the minutiae of the length of my freaking genes can now entertain the quality and the clarity of mind. Just like that. Same mind. One is, I believe, a form of slavery. Putting all of this attention and interest to these tasks of obsession around you. Or the freedom, in the sense of that slavery, which is innately so, and then sensing that presence of your own mind, the largeness of it, the availability of it, and to sense it while you're walking around in a day. Instead of just being subjugated to this form of looking, everything goes back to me. Maybe your attention could just disperse and go on, and, and maybe would enrich you infinitely by just its free ranging. Yeah? not be enslaved by a brand to go back to that same fucking stall or that same barn, you know? But free range and let it see what it comes up with. It may enrich your life instead of enslave it. So, yes. I'm going to read one more thing. eh? So, So, if you students of the way are mistaken about your own real mind, not recognizing that it is the Buddha, you will consequently look for him elsewhere, indulging in various achievements and practices and expecting to attain realization by such graduated practices. But even after eons, again, he likes the word eons, but even after eons of diligent searching, you will not be able to attain to the way. Why not get off the boat now? (laughs) I mean, I would take this to be... I would... would, uh, I would, I would entertain what this man's saying. He may maybe uh, have some validity, you know what I mean? could save you some time. So let me just say that again. Students of the way should be sure that the four... Oh, no, that's another one. That's good, too. So if you students of the way are mistaken about your own real mind, not recognizing that it is the Buddha... You will consequently, of course, if you don't recognize your own mind as the Buddha, what's the system of mind going to do? Self-centeredness. Consequently, it's going to look for him elsewhere. Of course. Yeah? If it doesn't recognize itself as the light, what is its next approach going to be? I'm going to start looking for the light. Yeah? And he's basically saying, what's what happens? 
If you students of the way are mistaken about your own real, real mind, not recognizing that it is the Buddha, you will consequently look for him elsewhere, indulging in various achievements and practices and expecting to attain realization by such graduated practices. Yeah. But even, even after eons of diligent searching, and we don't, you can't, none of us can say we've been involved in eons of diligent searching. <laughs> we won't even, most people come to these meetings to get permission not to have to do retreats. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they want to use this message as a way of forgiving them from the consequences, the guilt of the consequences of this, really. A lot of people that go to these type of meetings, I find their minds are looking for permission not to go to the Himalayas because they don't, they're not going to go to the Himalayas. But they're caught in this thing that if I don't practice and diligently look for it, I'm not going to miss it. They can't sit with that. The guilt's too much. So, oh, let's, let's, I'll blame Paul. <laughs> I'll find some pseudo authority that I can lay on and go, oh, well, this guy, he just gave me permission to be okay the way I am. <laughs> Why do you need that? Why would you need the permission? Because the system is in place, yeah? Oh, this sounds so beautiful. Therefore, if I don't do anything about it and I don't get vigilant, I'm bad. <laughs> Watch. Watch the head. The system, all the fruits that we're experiencing all day are just the bouncing it back and forth from the system. The system of self-centeredness. That's why the solution, in a way, is to look at, at the center of it and see if you're the self or not. If you're not the self, the interest and attention that fuels that system will, will be uh, taken away, will just leave that system, and then the system will lose its influence in your life. Not by being vigilant or doing anything. You've just lost its, you've just taken its fuel resource, your interest and attention from it. It has nothing else to run on. Yeah. So, this will me end that one. Just, I like that. I like, but even after eons, I think I'm going to steal that word. I like that. But even after eons of di- diligent searching, you will not be able to attain to the way. These methods cannot be compared to the sudden elimination of conceptual thought. Yeah. We're just entertaining the possibility that. The sudden elimination of conceptual thought is available at all times by just entertaining you not the thinker. Yeah. If you're not the thinker, the whole thought, that idea of not being the thinker reverberates through the thought system. And what the reverberation is, is the, is the drawing away of interest and attention. That's what it is. That the, the electrical current of those thoughts as my, as soon as the my is taken off, they lose that juice. They can't electrocute you anymore. They can't provoke anxiety at the drop of a thought. Yeah? They lose the power. Yeah. Watch it. You see it. Yeah? The difference between thought and my thought is huge. My thought is the, the, is the, the formulation and the activity of the self-centered system. The self-thing claims. That's its movement. It claims. Thoughts, my thoughts. It construes itself to be the thinker somehow. Yeah? Feelings, my feelings. Problems, my problems. Actions, my actions. It constantly construes that it's the doer. Yeah? That claiming is, is like the initial glue of the system, which gives the system the power to affect us. Yeah? When the thought is mine, it has a huge effect over us. Yeah? So, there you go. 
it, it's out there and the solution is available because there is no problem really. it's an appearance it's an activity that's appearing to be the problem because we're interested in it greatly interested in it because we think it's about us <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you get out of self and service what happens you lost interest in yourself for those few minutes that's when you feel really freaking good with no thought or effort on your part or you didn't do a great workout or win the tennis match. It's just a sort of a natural state. You think that's a random event? It's a principle. Doing service isn't meant just to keep doing service. It's to entertain the principle that when you feel available and you sense that presence, maybe you are the presence, which makes you always available, and then you're of service. So now, instead of having to do service, though that will happen, you'll be in the state of being of service, which is much higher level than having the experience of doing service. I'm serious. Much higher level, if you want to call higher level. Let's say it's more stabilized. States are more stabilized than experiences, yes? Living, seeing life through the lens of principles allows states to occur. That stabilize, yeah? A state of ease and comfort, a state of peace of mind. They stabilize. But if it's only experiences that bring them about, they're never going to be stable because experiences come and go. Yeah? So, this is like it says in the, in the book, you know, you sincerely take the position of reliance on something greater than yourself, then you get established in the position. That's the difference. Sincerely taking it, you'll start having experiences. When you get established in it, it can become a state. Yeah? It's just what mind does. So mind is already and always established in and of itself. So when you see the example of a principle, why not expand on that principle? Jesus Christ. I don't need to be I don't need to be stable in a state. I am that state. I am mind. Yeah? No matter what's going on in it, I am that. There you go. Any questions today?